I am Joel McLeod. And I'm Roland Tanner. And welcome to the 905er. Well, folks, it is nice to be back from vacation. I enjoyed my time away with the family out east on lovely Prince Edward Island. Spent the time recharging the batteries and pondering some new episode ideas. Ready to dive in whenever I got back. And while I was there, I did what anyone would do and open Instagram to check out how the good old 905er was doing. I was surprised to be greeted by a message from Meta stating that due to the fact that we are a news organization, our postings will be limited in Canada due to Bill C-18. To say that we were shocked was a bit of an understatement. Originally, we thought that we were far too small to be noticed by Meta or Google to be caught up in such a wide-sweeping move. I mean, it's not like we have Torstar or Post Media money backing us. Nevertheless, we are being targeted by Meta and Google now in retaliation against Bill C-18's purpose of making them pay news content creators such as us for posting on their platforms. And now it is time for a bit of transparency on our end here, folks. We very much rely on Facebook, Instagram, and Google to share and promote our episodes when they air. In the past, we have bought ads on both platforms to do so, but we have not done that in a very long time. Our growth has been very much a result of our sharing content and liking and finding us here. As well, we do not see how Bill C-18 would benefit us honestly. At best, we would see a minuscule increase in funds from those platforms, but nothing that we would retire off of or allow for a massive capital investment. In our opinion, the only ones who would truly see a possible financial gain from Bill C-18 are legacy media and their conglomerates. So, there we are then, caught in the middle of a fight between the federal government and the media giants in Canada. How does the little independent podcast fight back against this? Well, we look to our friends. As you may remember, folks, a little while back we announced that we are going to be joining Cryer Media, a Made in Canada cooperative of like-minded content creators. Part of that joining meant access to our guest today. Matt Kundal is the founder of Sound Off Podcasts, a veteran in the radio business for over 20 years, and is one of the resources we work with to help us grow this podcast. We've asked Matt to join us today to discuss Bill C-18 and its implications for the Canadian digital and new media landscape. And of course, before we begin, we would like to ask you to like and subscribe to this podcast if you have not already done so and to please visit our website at 905er.ca to sign up for our updates so that you will not miss out on our episodes when they launch and to support us financially to help keep us going. Your help means so much to us. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you to uh, Matt Kundal of Sound Off Podcasts and Cryer Media and all-around podcast guru uh, for coming on to the 905er today. Uh, so that we can talk a bit about the reality of Bill C-18 and kind of get away from the intent of it and get more towards the impact of it today. Um, Matt, thank you very much for, for coming on to the podcast today. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Um, and just in the issue of transparency to our listeners, uh, we're, we are part of Cryer Media. Matt, you help Cryer Media with their podcast. So that's how we know each other. Um, and 
you're you're you are currently helping us work through this Bill C eighteen fiasco on our end to keep us uh, in your ears, uh, listeners, so to speak. So uh, on a probably not so professional level, but thank you very much, Matt, for your help on on that end uh, on, on the professional side. You're very welcome. It, it's going to be an interesting time to see how we can navigate this, but. Um while it appears to be very you know detrimental and it's totally an infringement on on our businesses um i think we're still going to be in good shape so i mean i'm a bit of a, a therapist with this i i mean i hope so and i guess let's just kind of get into it the, the we really have been talking about this a little bit kind of off air and behind the scenes and we view bill c18 as kind of a last ditch attempt by the federal government to hold an old outdated model of news information dissemination to the public. Um, like I, I kind of view it as the newspapers are a holdover of the 19th century. And we're now in 21st century with various forms of news platforms, podcasts, YouTube, whatever have you. Very decentralized. And it's like this last gasp, like, well, let's try and keep the power to the tour stars and the post media and their failing empires. Is that kind of, am I, am I just being uh, overdramatic with that, uh, that analysis? No, you're exactly right. And, and let's not mince words here. These are the companies that went to the liberal government and said, we need help. We need help in this. We're losing revenue. Um, I, I think a company, for instance, like Bell, or, you know, it could be Shaw, it could be Rogers. These are companies that work closely with the Canadian government to do things like, you know, lay cable to uh, get the internet into far reaching places that, you know, the government really wants to see high speed internet everywhere. Th these are companies and government that are doing business every day. And at some point, these companies went to the government and said, you know, we're doing things for you. You need to do something for us. And you need to solve this problem of our declining revenue in advertising. It's not like nobody saw this coming. We saw this coming back when the internet started. A lot of newspapers even participated and went and got web pages. And the next thing they did after that was, well, here comes Google. Now we're going to share. Now we're going to join social media. We could see this coming and where the advertising money was, was going to go, whether you know it's a radio operation or a newspaper. Uh, people started to buy less and less newspapers, and you know, as it were. And, you know, newspapers have tried to do subscription models, but the, 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 the real key here is that it costs a lot of money to do journalism. It costs money. You guys right now, we're all sitting here talking. We're giving up our time. There are things that you do outside of this to contribute to the show and investigative journalism, which has really been the backbone of, of so much uh, of these newspapers for many years. It, it costs money to do that and they don't have as much anymore. So now we're seeing journalism it's it's a little bit worse this is a solution that somehow the government has come up with and i think they went and said okay well how are we going to do this well let's make these guys pay they're taking 80 percent of the money google and and meta meta being facebook instagram and now threads they're taking your money let's try to get it back and i think that you know in in, in a past age in Canada, it could have been steel, it could have been whiskey, it could have been any number of things. It could, at one point, it was fish. But the government would put a levy on it, 2 3%, 10%, whatever it is. If you think about, you know, this, we're talking about local businesses. They're the ones who are, have redirected their money to Facebook and Google. 
So why aren't we taxing them? Why aren't we making them pay three or 4% to fund, you know, a journal? That would be the easy solution. It's terrible politics because, you know, the government doesn't want to come up with another tax, which will infringe on small businesses. Well, why do I got to pay another 3% to go and fund these people? It would really open up a discussion about how we're funding journalism. And the listen, no government wants to be funding journalism. They're doing, I know they're doing it. They passed it about $500 million to a bunch of, of, of operations a little over a year and a half ago. They don't want to be in the business of that. It's not healthy for democracy. Yet here we are, and we are in it. So this is the crux of the problem, as I see, you know, the way the, the way the cash operates. So I mean, let's just for the sake of our, our listeners, um, uh, anybody who hasn't picked up on this already, here at the nine hundred five, we're one of the first uh, companies, one of the first podcasts to sort of be caught up in this uh, because we went onto our uh, Instagram page the other day and suddenly got a message saying hey, we're not going to show your stuff to anybody in Canada anymore uh, because you're a news organization. Um, and uh, there's a couple of things about that which, which troubled me, quite apart from the kind of whole democratic thing. Uh, ultimately, this is an issue about people taking newspaper content and, as the newspapers would put it, giving it away for free. Um, as other people would put it, giving free advertising to the newspaper by passing articles around and taking people to the newspapers. Now, there's all kinds of additional problems with that, I know, and that basically Facebook and Google and all those guys have basically taken all the advertising that used to go to newspapers, and now they get the advertising re- revenue rather than newspapers. So, sure, I'm not saying there isn't a problem that needs to be solved. However, what's happening is that, you know, not only is our stuff being our stuff being blocked, which, you know, we're no part of this argument. We just want to be left alone to do our own thing. Uh Things that we voluntarily put onto Facebook or Twitter or um, uh, Instagram of our own f- sort of free will is being caught up in this, which is a quite different sector of, of content, actually. You know, the argument is about people taking stuff from the website and giving it away through social media kind of free of charge. Our Facebook page or our Instagram page is nothing that's that's our choice. We've chosen to give things away. So, uh, so there's a kind of a... It's a double side to this, and there's kind of a curse on both your houses, I think, in that I, I feel like, personally, I feel like the government has been far too willing to listen to, to the big media companies um, and kind of ignore the smaller, newer media um, uh, that are innovating in the sector and who are actually managing to make money without subsidy um, and you know, sort of throw in a, a, a huge sort of hammer blow here that has all kinds of unexpected uh, um, ripples. Uh, that we're being caught up in and also you know a curse on on the actual social media companies for being you know kind of bullies here i mean it seems like this is a shakedown right this is like you know okay you you've tried to do something we're going to make you pet we're going to make we're going to punish you for that um uh, as i understand it uh, meta and the rest of them uh, well certainly meta tried the same thing in australia as well and the australian government backed down um is that kind of whole very long and wordy analysis something like a, a, a fair picture? Yeah, I mean, I could have shortened that description and just said that you caught shrapnel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's that's what happened here. I mean, listen, the legislation has passed, and under under what is written in the law, uh, the tech companies would have to do what they have done, regardless of whether you wanted this legislation or not. Your first call right now has to be to your MP. 
regardless of their political party. You've got to call them up, say, listen, we run this operation here uh, in in your in your area. We have a business. Um, oh, and for, the, for the record, that has happened. <laughs> that, that email has been sent. And I'm waiting to hear back on a, on a date and time to, to meet with them. Well, who did we call and who did we write? My, my MP is Karina Gould. Okay. Uh, we've had her on the podcast before. Uh, Roland and I both know her uh, fairly well on, a, on outside of this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to having that discussion with her and discussing that this hurt, it, it hurts us on a business level. And I'm not talking, I don't really want to take the journalist part of it out of it. Like this operation is just rolling myself. There, there is, there's no big team of financiers in the back room, you know, bankrolling us. This is Roland and I trying to make this passion project into an actual sustaining business, growing our listenership and making impact in the Canadian media landscape. And this hurts us. Like what gets me about this bill is how, how like I, this is going to be per, uh, hyper, hyperbolic, but like how anti-capitalist it is in that the idea of capitalism is like, you do it, you get a prod- product, you sell it to the public, it does well. Somebody else comes along and presents a better product that people say, well, I want to buy that more than your product. That, that wins in the free market. This limits that innovation, that free, and I'm not saying that we're better than Bell or, or whomever, but like, I think the people's listening habits are, sh- are, are news ingestion habits are shifting from the 19th century model of the newspaper to podcast, to YouTube, to online video, to, to streaming services, whatever the case may be, their appetites are changing and you need to allow the market to feed that beast, to allow that innovation to happen. It's going to be messy. It's going to be not a clean thing, but you got to let it happen. And I just see this bill as kind of stifling. It's a, it's like it's not going to have the intended outcome that they want. Core Star and Post Media are not going to be like, okay, well, you know, that's it. We're we're good. We got what we needed. We're everything is a okay now. So they're going to ask for something else down the road because it's not going to fix their problem. So good news, you're a podcast. Yes, Podca- podcast is distributed via RSS, mm-hmm. and one of the greatest things about podcasting is is the RSS feed. And it's delivery. There's no gatekeepers. Listen, Apple can turn you off tomorrow for something that we say on this show and they can go, you know, this doesn't fit. You violated the terms of service. You're gone. That would be a problem. Apple does have a big stake in podcasting. But any one of these, you know, apps outside of it that doesn't take from the Apple API could also say, you know what? Um, Yeah, not you. Um, and you know, Google could effectively, if they really felt like it, say you're a news podcast, we're turning you off. Now that would be an implication of about maybe 2%, you know, for your podcast, right? Listen, that that's not what this is about. It's not written into the legislation that way. So I love the fact that, you know, you're still good. What is really happening here? We, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but right now, Facebook is saying, we're not going to share what you put out to Canadian listeners or to Canadian viewers. Fine. Because all you're really doing on these platforms anyway, is you're sending people back to the podcast. You're going to lose the ability to promote your show through Google, mm-hmm. um, where you will not be searchable. You'll still be able to put the link out there and do things. You just won't be searchable. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. The next thing is on Facebook. That's also a pain in the ass. It's, it's more of a thorn in the side 
really anything. So what I tell people is to go back and think, okay, we have to market our show. How can we do it without Facebook? And how can we do it without Google? It's just a small marketing problem. It's not necessarily as bad because you've still got an RSS feed. Your show is still going to be going out there. Apple could can potentially put you on, you know, the front cover of new and noteworthy. They could put you on, you know, as they run your artwork by that's the stuff that's really where, what you need to do. So, and I find it hilarious that most of the solutions that newspapers have come up with is to or just go to these other social media sites. I mean, come on. I mean, listen, why are you trying to make these two social media, you know, companies pay for everything? If you, if it was, if they were really benefiting from it, First, you wouldn't be paying money like Chorus Entertainment is doing. Well, we're going to cancel our, our our advertising with Facebook. Why are you advertising with them anyway if they're the problem? Well, what, right. what's that? What's that about? You know, if 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 these if these companies are so value valuable, you should be partnering with them. You don't go to the government to go and do your mob style dirty work to try to collect. You should be going to them and saying, "We need to work together." to figure out how we can benefit one another. That that's where that's where the gold is. But they and haven't done that. Into, and it fits into a pattern, it seems to me, of, of how traditional media, legacy media, the newspapers have dealt with the internet as a whole since it came into existence in the 90s and that they've got it wrong every step of the way. And rather than evolving, changing to take advantage of the opportunities, which let's face it, millions and millions and millions of other businesses uh, and other media entities and other organizations have done. They've constantly said, no, but we're a newspaper. We want to stay like this and you have to fit to us. Well, that's just bad business practices, isn't it? Um, And they spent basically about two decades devaluing their own content by giving it away for free and saying, well, you can pay for the crossword, but everything else we don't value. It's worth nothing. Take it. And then wonder why no one wants to pay for their stuff anymore. Uh, and it, it, it were just so many poor, poorly thought out decisions by by uh, by traditional media over that time. Uh, and there's uh, another part of the story. I mean, kind of going off on a, a somewhat of a tangent. I mean, I saw it just reading one of the articles a few minutes ago. I mean, obviously, again to our listeners, if you go on go onto the Globe and Mail or uh, National Post or the Star, you're going to get a very different account of this entire story than you're getting for, from us. Sure, we both have our biases. Uh, I think certainly it's um, troubling ha- how one-sided it is in, in the national press. Um, but, uh, um, well, there was a, another point I was going to make, and it's just gone right out of my head. But um, uh <laughs> Talk some more about that that kind of lack of evolution as you, as you perceive it of uh, from uh, traditional media uh, over the last few decades. Yeah, so there's a lot of really old white men back when the uh, when the social media began to pop up in 2008. And I know I have a friend who was working at CBS Radio who said, "Hey, should we put the radio station up on Facebook?" And they said, "No, no, no, we're going to be uh, creating our own type of social media platform next week." I'm like, "Yeah, good luck with that." <laughs> Uh, you know, there was also the time CJOB here in in Winnipeg, and I went to the program director and I said, "Don't you think you should be doing a Twitter account?" Oh, oh no, that's just nonsense. Well, no, it's not. And so it, it's really, and and then the sales department also makes far too many decisions. And well, we can't monetize that. You mean you haven't figured out how to monetize it? Why don't you just do it, and then we'll figure out how to 
you know, get the money to come in a little bit later. And it's true. You know, listen, on the Internet, there's just not nearly as much money to be made as there was at one point, you know, with radio and television. I'm not I'm, I'm still not sure why the attribution of, of listeners, you know, is still sort of held in a higher regard. So if we look at the way we count, I mean, I, I I know how to count your downloads. We can do your downloads. Did they listen to the show? Yeah, likely they did. Yeah, the Apple, they you know they hit Spotify. It's a progressive download. Yeah, yeah, we can get. Oh, we can see how far they went through the show. That's all very good data. But in radio, I mean, they're still filling up paper ballots. Well, I think I listened to this radio station at this time and and this one at that time. So I'm not I'm not quite sure. A lot of it is you know pressed down with it with ad revenue, and there are digital dimes versus you know, big radio and television dollars that, that, that still exist. Um, radio is still a very powerful medium, by the way, and audio to that matter too, with, with, with this podcast, it's still quite powerful. But I think when you try to compare the numbers against each other, you, you see, oh, well, we had, you know, we had 500 downloads. Well, we had 50,000 listeners. Did you? Not really sure. They're listening. It's passive. They were flicking by, you know, as opposed to somebody who went, Somebody right now is listening to this. They have physically asked for this show. They have put it on their phone. They downloaded a physical piece of audio and they are listening to it back. That is an incredibly Mm -hmm. active thing to do. And that's why, you know, podcasting has done very, very well for itself. Now, in terms of the monetization over the years, let's talk about the New York Times. I think we I think you referenced it a second ago and, you know, they started a podcast. Great. It's actually the number one podcast that's out there is the daily from the New York times. The revenue for that is $300,000 a month. It's probably gone up since, since then. But if you want to buy an ad and run it for 30 days, it'll cost you about $300,000 in, in, in total advertising uh, to go. That that's pretty good revenue. And, you know, I've gone to a few newspapers. I said, maybe you, you want to do some audio and now nah, we're fine. And right. again, I, I mean, what you guys do takes up a lot of time. It's hard. And it, it does take time and it takes money. It takes a lot of money to make great audio. You guys got some great mics where you're all using good headphones. We're all, we're all doing things. Uh, we need somebody to edit it. We need somebody to make it sound good. We need to put it out there. We got to write some show notes. We got to put some artwork in there. We've got to do a whole lot of things to make this podcast really, really, uh, you know, front and center entertaining and a good listen and a good listening experience for everybody. But it's, but it's always been that way. It takes time to, to, to make good media and you're right. They don't see the value in in trying to you know change their business. I would I would say two two personal anecdotes that kind of feed off what you just said, Matt. One, my first job out of university was I was the guy in putting the surveys about radio listening into the data, like into the the into the spreadsheet. Um, it is you're absolutely right. It's just people just scrolling through. I listened to uh, CBC. Everyone worked on CBC. It's because, and you could tell there was people who had forgotten that they had to mail back this ballot. Like they'd be going on their lives. You could tell it because it was the same kind of scribbled, you know, I, I listened for three hours in the morning. CBC, I'm like, did you really? Because like you just, I can tell you just, you scribble through it. You didn't put, and you put like, yeah, you did, you put the arrow down, right? right. They, would, they would draw the arrow through. Right. I listened to CBC from this time to this time. They draw an arrow down to the bottom and we know that didn't happen. And we also know that ballot was filled out on a Thursday. I don't know where this came from, but in in the U S every, all the big contests happen on a Thursday because 
there was this notion and thought and belief that those ballots would be filled out on a Thursday around the kitchen table with X, Y, and Z in the room. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why I said, like, there's no way you listen to the CBC for five hours in the morning. Like, you don't you have work? Like, don't you have a job to go to? Like, I understand you listen to it on the morning commute. Like, you listen to it an hour on the way in. I get that. That's, those are the ones that I knew people were actually taking time. But when you had like this, like that big block of the day, no, you weren't, you weren't listening. Um, and the second anecdote I have is kind of bringing back to print media is long before I did this, I had a, a small uh, franchise operation in, uh, in Oakville and the newspapers came by and say, Hey, do you want to buy an ad for my paper for the paper? Okay. Well, you know, what, what's that going to cost me for a little like business card size ad on some you know, page seven it cost me about $2,000. I said, what am I like, what am I going to get for $2,000? And that was just for one, like one print, like one day. And I said, I don't even sure anybody, can you make sure that people are going to read this paper? Like, am I going to get to everyone to read this? And I, so I bought it. I put it in. Nobody showed up to my restaurant. I said, that was a waste of money. And it's just, it's, and it's that model that has, that they're still relying on is a guy going to some mom and pop shop or some business say, Hey, can you buy a full page ad for $50,000? And we'll hope that people are going to, to read it. I said, that's, that's your model. That's your model in the 21st century. And I'm just like, I I, I thought it's going to die. It's going to be, it's going to be dead. Nobody's going to do this. Uh, which is why, like when Roland and I said, "Hey, we should do a, a news entity," we said, "Well, how are we going to do this?" We thought about. I remember when we originally did this, we thought about doing uh, some similar to like just a blog or some kind of print. We said, "No, it's too too costly. Nobody's going to read." And we the original idea was to do a magazine website, yeah, yeah. news website. We just said, "Nobody's uh, going to." We realized that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work, and we said, "Nobody's going to listen to it. It's a waste of our time and money." So we said, "But what about this thing called podcast? We all listen to podcasts and." It's a bit more manageable. It's a lot more fun to do talking with somebody and having somebody listen to that conversation about the the issues of the day. And we did that, and it's it, you know, we've been growing ever since, day by day, uh, listen, uh, listener by listener. But it's just like coming back to this Bill C eighteen, it it boggles my mind the lack of innovation behind it. Of just you know, like you said go into podcasts and you've got the resources. You can put together some really amazing podcasts on topics that people are curious about that want to do it. That they want to listen. They, they want that information. They do, but you got to adapt. You got to change. You got to, got to do what the people want. Uh, and just I mean, boggles my mind. That this is how, how this is just kind of stifling that, that inevitable move to the, to a new platform. Yeah. So Pablo blew it. He's completely yeah. blown it. Before that, we also had uh, Felony Melanie uh, Jolie, who uh, had the heritage uh, position. Uh, I think she did a little bit of work on C10. Uh, terrible. No good. Uh, Stefan Gilbo, we'll give him a shout out, but they had to get him out of that position real quick when he appeared on um, Question Period, I think, with Evan Solomon. And I think misspoke and said, yeah, we're going to have to get journalism licenses which basically meant that the 905er would have to go to right. apply to the government for, I'm like, okay, you people don't know what you're doing and they don't, and they, they still don't know what they're doing. So my advice right now to people such as, such as yourselves and any podcaster and, and, you know, journalists as well, now's the time to do your newsletter. 
you should have been doing a newsletter to begin with anyway, only for this, for the reason of being throttled. You could be throttled by Facebook or, or Google at any particular moment. Any one of these companies could disappear, but by having a newsletter, you're going to be in constant contact with your audience. And so now's the time to really build that up and to double mm -hmm. down on, on that one-on-one -on -one contact that you will have with your listener. Also, I mean, asking people to share. You can still put your content up on Facebook. You can still, you know, share your links on Google. It's just not going to be searchable. Okay. So can we ask our listeners to promote the show? Can we ask them in some particular way? Maybe, hey, post it yourself on Facebook because they're not being throttled. The link perhaps might be, but this is where, you know, word of mouth and telling a friend and and really asking for a little bit of help in, in this area is good. By the way, your show has some mid-rolls in it. We may not have hit it so far in the show. You know, that that's an ad spot. What if you use that for a piece of Contra? Contra being trade. That's sort of an industry radio term for, for swapping. So we're going to give a, let's say, a, a another publication in the 905, an ad spot on this show. In return, give us that silly quarter in the bottom, which is valued at $2,000. You know, let's do a swap. Let's tell each other, let's tell our audiences about, about what we're doing in our journal. These are just creative ways that we can sort of end around what has been really fairly easy. Hey, we're just going to put the link up on, on Facebook and we're going to push it out there. And now my homework and marketing is done. That's actually not marketing by putting it on Facebook. That's actually just promotion of your show, which is always a good thing, but it's not really you know marketing. So now's the time to get a little bit away from promotion. Let's look at what we can do to market our shows. What about getting just going to a print person and getting, you know, some some postcards and having the QR code, and let's leave those behind at a coffee shop. Let's tell people, hey, you know, we're having a little bit of problem, you know, of difficulty with Facebook and Google. Let's go to Starbucks. Can you put one of these out for everybody in the restaurant today? We're just asking for a little bit of help here, because I I think this is really important that people know. A, you never asked for this. We did not ask for this. Pablo and Justin just went and did this on their own, completely ill-advised. And while I'm here banging on liberals, let me also take the opportunity to mention what an absolutely terrible job the conservatives have done standing up for the rest of us. Deplorable, awful. Um, Rachel Thompson, I believe that's the heritage minister in the shadow cabinet, has retweeted a couple things which basically talks about censorship and some other nonsense. You're you're not speaking for content creators. Rachel Thompson should be out of a job in a shadow cabinet position. She has not proven herself worthy of any future cabinet position. And that's why the conservatives can't get elected. Sorry. I, I just, I had to, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Uh, we, right we, now are, we are too. We, we like to, uh, there's always a standing invitation to any conservative to come on this podcast. Cause we got questions and they've got answers and we'd love to hear them, but well, Rachel should be on this show and I'm going to send her a note after this. And I'm going to ask her to please appear sure. on this show and, and have some guts to come here and to really call out this piece of legislation and, and not just stick to your talking points, stand up for content creators like us and, and, a, and get with it. Here's a question. Do you think they get this though? Like that's, that's what, that's what struggles, struggles, in my mind, with this whole Bill C-18 from all the political parties in Ottawa, do they understand digital media, like the media landscape? Because I think I get this feeling, all they're hearing is the, the Torstar and post-media CEOs, 
the 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 Conrad Blacks and the and the like, going them with their you know one inch you know ten inch cigar and saying, oh, we need more money. You know, they're chewing, they're they're screwing us over with that Facebook thing, you know. But they have no idea what actually is going on on the ground here. As little like, as possible, I, right? I, right. So, like that's what I get. It's like they just don't get it. They they do none of them understand what's going on in Canada, uh, at least in di- digital media uh, at the current current moment. I don't think any government, conservative, liberal, or Green Party, really wants to be in the business of funding media. It's it's not healthy for democracy. I think I think we all uh, admit that, and it's also some pretty bad. It's bad politics too. To I didn't think it was it was great when you know, I think five hundred and fifty million dollars was earmarked for a lot of you know organizations, and we have that list and we know who got what money. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not it's not healthy to be doling out money. Now the, the CBC aside, I think you know a public broadcaster I think has its role. I think it's totally fine to have the CBC, but you know we do have a conservative you know leader who's going around t- you know talking about defunding and when reference whether it's to C eleven or C eighteen. Well, it's it's a censorship bill. This is not first of all, C18 is not a censorship bill. C11 can very slightly be construed as one, I think, because anytime you're promoting, you know, one podcast over another, let's say, you know, let's say the 905er got vaulted over the daily and was thrust at me, is you know, me not seeing the daily, is that censorship? Ah. Maybe, maybe not. Who cares? I mean, I think I think it's really about promotion in, in C11. But I don't think they really want to be in the business of this because it, it is it does make for an unhealthy democracy. It does make for, you know, enemies. I think the media and government have always had a had a strange relationship as it is. Uh, but it would be really nice right now if if somebody stood up and took the lead and, and really pointed some direction in what we need to do. If we really do need to fund journalism, I, I really think there should be some responsibility put back on the people, the people who are spending money at Facebook and Google. Maybe it's time for a levy. Maybe it's time for a 3% tax. But listen, the liberals don't want that. They're already seen as the people who boost your taxes with carbon and a bunch of other things. Anyway, they, listen, Pierre Polyev doesn't need any more talking points about taxes. So yeah, I would not feel comfortable doing that if I were, you know, running the Liberal Party. And it, and there's a there's a dishonesty in the way that the opposition in this case reacts to this stuff. Uh, that there's a real story here, which they could be acting as the champion of, and they're meant to be the champion of business, and they're meant to be the champion of innovative business and new businesses. But rather than do that, they take the story and they go with a completely false uh, side of it, saying, "Oh, this is a this is the government trying to censor." Horseshit! <laughs> it's uh, you know, this is not real opposition. This is this is this is playing games with, with politics and, and saying things that you think your base is going to going to agree with without having to think too much, and that is just maddening uh, because we need opposition parties and we need the actual people in government at the moment to be thinking straight and actually to be highlighting the problems with legislation and. Uh, Rather than uh, you know just taking everything as an opportunity just to sort of try and kneecap the the other guys, uh, it's infuriating. The whole thing is infuriating and 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 doesn't speak particularly well to um, uh, like you say so, uh, some of the people who've been behind the, the process towards this. Uh, well, this look bill. at look at this entire episode. This entire episode, we've basically been taking the the federal liberal government to task for 
badly conceived policy and legislation, it's not going to be banned. It's not going to be sent. Like I'm not going to get a knock in the door from the RCMP and say, excuse me, you've been saying naughty things about Pablo Rodriguez and Justin Trudeau. Can we have a word? That's it's, this isn't about censorship. This is just about, as we said, stifling innovation and allowing, in my mind, allowing the free market to do its thing. Um, and I think uh, your points, Matt, is absolutely right. I think ultimately we'll be fine if we do the right things, if right. we work hard and if we, we, we think a bit harder about how we're going to get a message out, how we're going to be a bit more, um, a bit more upfront about asking our listeners to like, Hey, do us a favor, make sure you share, make sure you, you tell people what we're doing, make sure you share those links, whichever way you can. Um, hint, hint, loyal listener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hit the follower uh, subscribe button right now on, on the yeah, podcast app. I mean, absolutely. I know that I know that, but right at the beginning of your show, and by the way, like one of the reasons I, I, that Dean and I partnered, you know, at Cryer Media, I really see that like dynamic audio insertion is, is such a big part to, to marketing. So people are like, oh, can I have ads on my show? I go, yeah, we can have, we can put some ads on your show if you want, but why don't you use that space inside your show, you know, the dynamic audio space to, to really promote a newsletter? You know, another thing, why not get an app? I know that sounds crazy and who's going to build you an app, but what if you had like the 905er app? I know, um, and I'm wearing the shirt right now for those who are, it says Libsyn. Uh, Libsyn is actually a, a company I do not work with. I don't have any podcasts up there, but they used to build apps for, you know, for, for podcasts individually. I thought that was really, really cool. So if you have an app, nobody can circumvent you. You know, the, and the best thing about RSS is that, you know, we, we put it out there and people can listen to it and it can't really be controlled. And even if like everything goes sideways, you'll always have your website and you'll always be able to put your show out, you know, on your website. And I, I think also for, you know, for newspapers, newspapers who come to you, you know, they should be getting a podcast. They should be calling me up and, and we should be setting them up with a podcast because right now podcast is actually the grand solution to most of the problems that, that, you know, print mm -hmm. and, and digital properties have get a podcast. Such as the 905er. Exactly. Get one or listen to ours, uh, preferably the second one, but yeah. <laughs> um, I see we're coming up on our on our, our time here. Um, I, I don't think the story is definitely not going away anytime soon. So we'll be we'll let our listeners know how this evolves and how this changes and how it affects us. And uh, as Matt said, if you are listening this far, definitely follow, like, subscribe, share, uh, go to our website, uh, 905er. .ca, uh, throw some support and sign up for our newsletter there to stay in touch with how this will uh, unfold. Matt uh, Kundal, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. I know you're a busy man. It is much appreciated on this end uh, for not just for this episode, but for all the work that you help us with uh, uh, through Cryer Media. So thank you very much. Yeah. And I'm really sorry that you guys are going to be my test subjects because I thought this would happen to somebody in, in our group. And it turns out that it's you. Um, when, you know, with as we go through this, I'm really going to be, you know, taking a look at your show and just seeing what are the solutions we can really do. And so, you know, from darkness comes this light. And I, I do believe that this podcast is going to go up in terms of, you know, importance and listenership just through the revitalized marketing ideas that we're going to be talking about over the next little while. Well, we definitely are looking forward to, uh, to whatever comes down the pipeline and, I hope our listeners will be listening as well and 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 paying attention because 
I, I, I agree. I think uh, better days are definitely ahead and we're on the cusp of something truly great in Canada and looking forward to, uh, to being a part of it. So thanks very much, Matt. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we'll see you or talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, sir. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.